Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Cleveland's got guts. And the Indians. As well as the Browns and Cavaliers. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And a downright awesome downtown with a walla-cadoodle-worthy waterfront. But what's even in our water? Like a Lake Erie martini with more chlorine than a swimming pool? Now I'm a guy and I've lived here all my life. Neither hard water nor chlorine bother me a bit. Well, I had Wyatt Works put in a whole home water filtration system. It tastes better. And showering is so much better. My hair washes clean and stays healthier. And I've got a regular old water heater. And I've got tankless for endless hot water. So what's our point? Our point is, Wyatt Works is Cleveland's answer for water heaters. Well, if you're a regular guy and just want same-day water heater service, Wyatt Works does that. And if you want a water softener or a filtration system and want to go tankless, we do that too. So get your water wallacadoodled with with Wyatt Wyatt Works. Works. Consider it done at wyattworks.com. License number 30185. Stephen, we've been recording these podcasts for a while now, and I think it's about time we just stopped and had a nice drink. Any objections? Got a bottle right here. Got a bottle. Oh, Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. There's got to be a story there. There's an awesome story with Uncle Nearest. Tennessee whiskey. All right. Uh, Let's hear it. But before we get into it, I think we need to let people know both you and I actually have got a little bit of background when it comes to whiskeys. A little bit, a little bit. We've both been through the Whiskey Psalm. The Whiskey Marketing School in Austin, Texas has a, a, a program to train people to be whiskey sommeliers. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of this, this is going to be a two-parter because at the end of this, we're going to invite two other whiskey psalms to join us. One, a partner of ours, Gary Bernier and my girlfriend, Morning Mays, who are also both psalms. And the four of us, are going to do a tasting together and let everyone know what we uh, what we think of this whiskey. And I haven't even cracked a label oh, on it. Oh, that sounds like fun. First, to the story. This whiskey was founded by a lady by the name of Fawn Weaver in 2017. And they've won a ton of awards for this whiskey. At the time of this podcast, they've also had tremendous growth. They've had 11 quarters of triple digit growth. So they have been just killing it. Mm-hmm. In March of 2021, about four years after their launch, they had sold 1.5 million bottles of Uncle Nearest whiskey. Wait, when were they launched? They were launched in 2017. Okay. So basically four years later, one and a half million bottles had been sold. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Here's the funny thing. Fawn has no background in distilling. None. She likes whiskey. Her favorite uh-huh. are high-proof bourbons, drinks them neat, but no background in the whiskey business whatsoever. Now, the closest she had come, she had had a successful business in PR and was a real innovator in product placement and social media. She had also worked for some high-end hotels and restaurants. But before entering the whiskey business, she was best known for some books that she wrote on marriage. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Her affair with this, pardon the pun, just talking about marriage, but her affair with this whiskey starts 
back when she's reading an article in the New York Times. She's on vacation in Asia, and she's reading the New York Times, and she sees this picture of Jack Daniels in an article about this black man nearest green. And the article is not kind to Jack Daniels. It talks about how nearest green is a black man and a former slave, and is really not kind to Jack Daniels. But she looks at the picture and she says, Something's not quite correct in the picture because it's a picture of Jack Daniels' leadership team. And right there in the center of the picture, right beside Jack, is Nearest Green. And she goes, but that's a place of importance. Yeah. What's going on here? So she thinks to herself, there's a story here. There's a book here. So she travels to Lynchburg, Tennessee to research the story of Nearest Green. And it turns out Nearest Green is also known as Uncle Nearest taught Jack Daniels how to make Tennessee whiskey. Oh, okay. So he taught Jack this whole idea. So a Tennessee whiskey starts as a Kentucky bourbon that is then charcoal filtered, and it becomes a Tennessee whiskey. Back to Nearest Green. So the story of Uncle Nearest starts 150 years ago in Lynchburg with a young apprentice, Jack Daniels. And Fawn starts doing her research with reading a biography on Jack Daniels. And very early in this biography, Nearest Green is introduced in this book. This is no secret to the people in Lynchburg. None that Uncle Nearest was involved. There was this white preacher, Dan Call, who's running a distillery. <laughs> on one edge of his property is the church, on the furthest edge of the property is the distillery, as far as part as he can get the two of them. And, you know, the congregation and his wife really don't like the fact he's running this distillery, but he's running this distillery, and working for Dan Call is Nearest Green. Nearest Green is his master distiller. And Jack also works for the preacher, but not in the distillery. And eventually, Jack Daniels convinces Reverend Call to let him in on the distillery business. And it's at that point that Jack is introduced to Nearest by Reverend Call as the best distiller I know of. Wow. So again, not a secret here. But reading about this just made Fawn even more interested in this business. So she started to research the story. She wanted to learn more. What was the involvement of this black man in the early days of the whiskey business in America. And she got really intrigued, because if you walk into a bar anywhere, look at the bottles at the back of the bar. They're all stories of white dudes, mm -hmm. all of them. So she goes to Lynchburg, she's doing research, she thinks there's a book here, that's where she starts off. So she's in the library looking for research on the family, and she asks the librarian about the family, and the librarian calls her director. And in walks one of Jack Daniel's eldest descendants, who then introduces her to Nearest Green's descendants. Turns out they all hang out together. Oh, that's so cool. All right. Yeah, they all still live in the town. They all hang out together. Then she finds out that the farm where the original distillery was is for sale. Oh, okay. So she now meets Sherry, who's a realtor and another descendant of Jack Daniels. And before she retired and went into real estate as a side gig, had been the head of distillery operations at Jack Daniels. Oh, man. They're all intertwined, all hanging out together. So Fawn and her husband go look at the property, and there's barrels and log books and all sorts of things still there, and they buy it on the spot. Sherry and her husband, black, Los Angeles couple, now moving to Lynchburg, Tennessee. That's quite a departure, right? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But originally, 
what she thought is they buy the spot, they do the research there, it was a historic place, they were just going to restore it. They decided that what they wanted to do was preserve Nearest Green's legacy. So in 2016, they relocate from Tennessee to L.A. so she can do her research. And she interviews close to 100 of Nearest Green's descendants. And at one point, she's meeting with them in this church, right? They're having this big church meeting. And she asks them, what should I do to honor their ancestor? What should I do to honor Nearest? And their reply was, make a whiskey in his name. So Fawn decides if Sherry, remember the real estate agent who worked uh-huh. at Jack Daniels? If Sherry will come out of retirement, she'll raise the money. So she approaches Sherry and Sherry says, yeah, I'll come to still whiskey for you. So now she's got to go out and raise money. So Fawn's got to go out and raise money, but she really wanted to preserve the legacy. And her first idea, she said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a commemorative bottle of whiskey. Make a bottle, sell it out there, be done. That was her first thought. But as she researched the whiskey business, she realized get a whiskey carried, you got to get a distributor. To get a distributor, you have to have a marketing plan. To get the product on the shelf, you have to have all of this stuff. It's complicated and it's a crowded field. And it was way too much work for a single commemorative bottle. There was just no way. So that killed the idea of a commemorative bottle. So guess what? She's now going to have to enter the whiskey business because she's committed to this idea. She decides, you know what, I'm not doing a bottle. I'm entering the whiskey business. And the more she researches it, the more she realizes this is a terrible business. There are tons of independents. Few make it. It's a bad idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing about whiskey, right? It makes things seem like a good idea. Yeah, right? (laughs) Right? But she's got this other challenge because she's got this great story about Uncle Nearest. Sure. But there's a trademark called Jack Daniels. Uh huh. So how am I going to tell this story about Uncle Nearest without infringing on the Jack Daniels trademark? Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. How's business? Yeah, good. Why isn't it great? We we were growing 20-30% every year for five years. Then we went flat in the last three. Growth used to be easy. Now, nothing we do seems to have the same effect anymore. If you're not growing, you're dying, and I can't stand to think we've hit the top and are coming back down. So you build a hell of a castle and you're worried. Maybe it's time to build an empire. Huh? What you got here won't get you to where you want to go. You need a fresh perspective. There's these guys that are looking for business owners just like you. Smart, customer-focused, but with flat sales. What do they do? Build empires, but they don't work with just anyone. You have to be customer-focused. So what exactly do they do? Some say they're marketers, but I call them crusaders. Check out their website at empirebuilderprogram.com. Like what you see, set up a meeting. Crusaders, empires, castles. I think someone's been getting so old they're medieval. Empirebuilderprogram.com. Check it out before you become a dinosaur. You mean dragon. No, I mean dinosaur. They were good too, for a while. Sure you want to be just good? Empirebuilderprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. So she comes up with a way to tell the story. She's bought the farm, she's done the research, she's trademarked Uncle Nearest, and she goes and sits down with the folks at Jack Daniels and tells them what it is that she's going to do. Jack Daniels' organization could have been very litigious, but it turns out they were not. 
Now, they made it clear to her they're going to protect the Jack Daniels name, but they were not really worrying about what she was doing. And she needed to figure out how to tell the story without ever talking about Jack Daniels. In fact, the name Jack Daniels doesn't appear on the website. Mm. The only time they use the name Jack Daniels is from a historic reference. They did not need to associate with Jack Daniels. And in fact, they didn't want to diminish Jack Daniels because diminishing Jack Daniels in their eyes diminished nearest green. Sure. Yeah. They wanted to grow both legacies because they felt there was a shared legacy. And the only reason we know about nearest is because of Jack. Unfortunately, yes. Yes, but it's really cool. Go to the website and take a look around. There's even a video that they have, and it's really amazing. The name Jack Daniels appears once in the video and almost way at the end. They've done this brilliant way of telling the story without really mentioning Jack Daniels. So it's 2017. She has a business plan, and she has a story. So her first hire is, I got to hire some salespeople to tell the story because they needed to convince customers to carry the brand and they mm -hmm. needed to convince customers to come in to the store but they also felt it was important to show the world that it was a good whiskey so they entered a number of whiskey competitions at the time of this podcast they had been in 16 and 113. they needed to prove that this was a product that could run with the big dogs so that's 2017 they get started 2018 they get things rolling then what happens the pandemic hits mm -hmm. right now the pandemic was good for the booze business, but it was not good for independents because independents rely very heavily on salespeople opening the doors, getting shelving space, getting it in the bars, getting into restaurants. Mm -hmm. And the shelf space was just taken over by the big players. Yeah, yeah. And she's pretty early on. She's got 13 open sales positions. She hasn't even filled all of her sales positions. So what do you do? Pandemic, can't do sales calls, you're trying to get this thing going, what do you do? She decides, I'm pushing ahead. I'm filling those 13 positions. Because what she also figured out is there's going to be people who are disheartened. There's going to be people who've been laid off. Mm -hmm. And this may be actually a really great time to hire amazing people, to hire the best. So she decides this is an opportunity to hire the best. Secondly, she says to everyone, Create a plan for your territory because this will eventually go away. This war will eventually be won. Mm -hmm. Sounds a little bit like Wrigley's, right? This war will eventually be won, and we want to have a plan for taking over the territory. Let everyone get creative. And one of the ideas that was created was to-go cocktails, right? The whole idea of here's all the stuff you need to take home and mix your own cocktail, right? But they weren't legal in most places. But she looked at it and said, you know what? Bars and restaurants are struggling. I could see this being made legal. So it's another thing that can be sold on the takeout, food and a to-go cocktail. So they decided, you know what? We're gonna design it, we're gonna make it, we're gonna create the pouches, the jars, everything, because these have got great margins and we're gonna be ready. The moment it's legalized, we're gonna be first to go up. And it worked like gangbusters. Mm. Things were working so well that in September of this past year, they ran out of stock. They ran out of whiskey. That's actually a pretty devastating problem to have. Right. So what do you do when you run out of product? They spent another million dollars in advertising. To say, you've got to wait. Whiskey takes a little while. Well, they didn't do that. But what they did do, 
was advertised because they wanted to do scarcity marketing. They wanted people coming into the store and saying, hey, do you have any of that Uncle Nearest whiskey? And the person in the store going, no, we're out of stock. Eventually they go, all these people are asking for this whiskey and they can't get it anywhere. I better order more. I better look into this, right? And now when the consumer comes in and it's out of stock, what are they thinking? Must be pretty good. Must be pretty good, right? Scarcity marketing. They upped their advertising campaign when they went out of stock. 2020 comes along and they have this huge increase in sales. And they're now starting to build a $50 million distillery. They're building this huge distillery. They hired the former president of Disney stores to come and do merchandising for them. And they are now becoming a destination. And it was from leveraging this story in this idea, but also doing some really interesting things during the pandemic. The pandemic is going to be a fascinating place to find case studies for years, for decades, isn't it? It really is. And this is where the lesson is on this business. Because look, we've seen lots of businesses that discover this really amazing story and turn that story into an amazing business. But what really threw the fire on this thing that was already burning is what she did when the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. So many businesses shuttered. So many businesses sent people home. She doubled down. She said, you know what? This is when I can find really great people. The people that often I can't hire, I can hire today. I'm gonna hire them. I'm gonna use this time to get creative and build my marketing plan. Think of new ways of selling my product. You know, I think about heating and air conditioning companies or other seasonal businesses that during the slow time go, well, what can we do to get more people today? Why not take that time to get creative? Why not take that time to build new systems? Why not take that time to create new ideas? That's what she did. And then when they're out of stock, what does she do? Upped her advertising. Mm-hmm. Scarcity marketing. When my product is scarce, what does everybody want? They want it more. Mm -hmm. If you called up a lawyer, you know, you got a complicated will or something you want to do, and you get a hold of a guy who's supposed to be really good, and he goes, yeah, I can see you in an hour, versus the guy goes, you know what, I'm fully booked for a month. Which one do you think's the lawyer you want? So many businesses get busy and they say, I don't need to advertise any longer. She upped it. Yeah. And basically is now becoming this massively unstoppable force like keep in mind they started in a four-year period of time they went from nothing to selling one and a half million bottles in a highly competitive unbelievably crowded tough business yeah yeah and i'm sure after hearing this one of the things people are going to be really curious about is uh, how good is the whiskey so stay tuned we are going to do an episode of a tasting of Uncle Neary's whiskey with three really wonderful sommeliers and David. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. One of the things that we say at Whiskey Marketing School, when we talk about whether this whiskey is good or not, we say this about every whiskey. The definition of the best whiskey is whiskey that you like to drink in whatever way you like to drink it. Absolutely. Right. So because it is so individual, everybody has their own taste, everybody has their own favorites. Some people like the rarest, rarest stuff, and it's hard to find, so you end up chasing whiskey. Some people just say, you know what, I like the taste of this particular one, and it's easy to get, and I always have some, and 
that's good enough for me. Michael will always find the one that my palate likes the most at the lowest price tag. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm with you. Often what happens, though, is it's a story like this that makes that whiskey, the whiskey that's in your glass right now, in this case, it would be Uncle Nearest, it's the story that makes it special, right? And you raise that's a glass true. to a shared story and to the success of someone like Fawn, who has stepped into a world that she didn't even know. And chased the story. And then in the midst of chasing that story, just did some really bold, bold, but you know, when we look at the history of these other empires, proven things to just continue to drive that business forward and have the success that she's had. Yeah, and story trumps nearly everything. At first, she wouldn't have stepped into this world if she was just looking for a business to start, right? She came across a story that demanded she get into this business. Remember, this started yeah. as writing a book. I'm going to write a book. Yeah. Then she met all these people and was like, okay, I'm going to do a commemorative bottle. Oh, no, I'm going to now distill whiskey. I guess I'm getting into the whiskey business. I guess I'm getting into the whiskey business, right? Like, she was compelled to do this. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to tasting this whiskey. Same here. Thank you for sharing the story of Uncle Nearest. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute Empire Building session, you can do it at empirebuildingprogram.com.